Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At some point, you know, you're probably been sitting in a meeting and it feels like time is moving oh, so slowly. And then maybe you're somewhere else, you're having fun with friends, and all of a sudden it feels like time is flying by. That is not just you, and it's not just your imagination either. Our perception of time can be distorted depending on our emotions. And now there's more research that suggests it's not just our emotions either that influence that. It's really also about our heartbeat. Yes, our heartbeat. Dr. Irene Arsalanova is a postdoctoral researcher in the Department of Psychology at the University of London and can tell us all about that. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for inviting me. And yeah, thank you so much for giving a really nice overview of all oh. the emotional distortions that we have <laughs> in our time experience. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I take that as a big compliment. If I can sum up research well, that's always a challenge. So tell me, what is it about our heartbeat that kind of helps us figure out what our emotions are? Yes. So this is a very, so I think like before I just even go into the heart thing, I just want to just highlight like why, you know, why are we even looking at these things like the heart rate and how it influences time? Like, why is it even important to look at these kind of factors? Like, you know, whether our heart is contracting and relaxing. So one fascinating thing about time perception, like how we experience um, the duration of events or like how much time is passing, is that there is no sense organ for time. And this might not mean much to you if I just say it, but for example, imagine how you get your visual experiences. We have eyes and they detect light. And then we have specialized brain areas, uh, what we call visual cortices, and these kind of create visual images from that light through an eyes. For time, there's no such thing. So we still don't quite understand, like, how how is it that what does the brain really do during these experiences that we have that it gains this experience of temporal uh, passage? And so what one, for example, one thing that might be happening is what the brain is doing is that it is detecting an overall change in neural activity. So you can imagine neural activity going slower, going faster, and that may actually influence whether my passage of time is going faster and going slower. And then, of course, there's a lot of factors like our emotions that will then make the neural activity go slower and faster. So, But we don't know that. And this is exactly why researchers are trying to figure out, well, what are the factors that cause time to distort? And then look at what is happening in the brain during those distortions. And hopefully that will kind of get us closer to answering this question of like, well, how does brain create our experience of time? And if we get that answer, then maybe, you know, if I'm currently like having a bit of an anxiety, my time is going so fast that I'm even like struggling to get my words to mean more sensible things. How could I then make my time a bit slower so I can actually be more efficient in what I do in everyday life? 
I guess and well, so. It's not our imagination. Then it's like it's not our imagination. Things are speeding up and slowing down. That that is happening in our brains. Yes, yes, definitely. I think this is so. There's a lot of things about like you know, time is obviously connected to our memory and strength of the memory. But it is it is so. There's something happening in our brain that then causes us to experience time as slower or faster and a bit like not really linear and kind of jumping from one thing to another. Okay. How do you even measure something like this? How do you figure this out? Yes. Basically what we do in our lab is we um, show participants. So the, the way it's called a temporal bisection task, but the basic idea is that we teach participants to um, uh, to kind of learn a very short duration. So that could be like, we, we work with very, very short millisecond durations because we care about these very, very short uh, heart fluctuations. So for example, we teach participants, so this is 300 milliseconds, this is uh, 600 milliseconds. They learn these durations and then we present them with intermediate durations. So like, 400, 500, and we ask them to categorize them, whether they're more like the short one or long one. And in our study, the main point was that we were presenting these durations either during the point where the heart was contracting or at the point where the heart is relaxing. And we showed that identical durations were perceived to be longer when heart was relaxing and perceived to be shorter when heart was uh, contracting. And that really like tell us something, how like our passage of time arises from this interaction between the heart and the brain. So these very low level monetary fluctuations that occur within our bodies already distort. So the state of our body at any moment distorts how time is registered and extracted. So and that then, is like the fascinating bit. <laughs> it's so fascinating. My question is, can we convince ourselves otherwise? For instance, if we are in this torturous meeting that is taking a really long time or we feel like time is going slow, is there something we can say or, you know, put the idea, thought we can put in our brain that helps us perceive the passage of time going mm-hmm. more quickly? Yes, I think for this you know, obviously here we're like looking at the role of the heart um, because, you know, it tells us a bit more how the brain even creates this time experience. But one factor that influences how time is experienced is attention. Uh, and the easiest way for you to make time move quicker is to try not to attend to time, right? So like uh, to distract yourself, to do some other tasks. I think for me, for example, the interesting bit, and I I really, for me, what is fascinating for me personally is this case of anxiety. So case of like fear of public speaking, you know, if if you're like speaking in the public, one reason why like things kind of thoughts become scrambled in your head and you kind of cannot find the right word is because your experience of time is kind of speeding up. It, It doesn't really flow in a way it would be if you're like in a relaxed state. And there, I do think that, you know, modulating your state of your body could be really helpful. So like actually trying to breathe more slowly, try to lower your heart rate. And this is exactly what, you know, meditative practices do. So expert meditators, they kind of engage in the slow breathing and they do report that their experience of time is also changing 
in result to that. Wow. This is so interesting. Thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for inviting me <laughs> again. <laughs> That's Dr. Irina Arslanova, who's a postdoctoral researcher in the Department of Psychology at the University of London. For sure, you've had that happen to you, right? Time is faster. Time is slower. Turns out we can tell our brain to help us out in that.